0: coming next I'm scared of having episode of what's up with dj and i'm your host dj each week i bring you topics about current events career development finance holistic living life hacks and stories of inspiration and humor all from a spiritual perspective so be sure to subscribe follow like comment and leave a review on apple podcast your thoughts opinions and comments are always encouraged and appreciated So with that being said let's get right into the show my guest this week is jacqueline f fuller she is a freelance journalist and tv producer as a communications professional and freelance writer she covers religion in the african-american community interfaith dialogue and electoral reform She is also in the process of establishing herself as a food blogger oh yeah you know she's a good cook, by the way. Jacqueline also is an alumnus of Marymount University, with a degree in communications In 2016 she was acknowledged by the interfaith conference of metropolitan Washington and as an emerging leader for her work in religious communications. She's worked for various nonprofit organizations in Washington, D.C., and she's a member of numerous professional and community organizations to include Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, National Association of Black Journalists, Society of Professional Journalists, and the Religion Communicators Council and served as their national president from 2019 through 2021. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. yes. And Jackie on yeah. the show. I say Jackie, but I know her as Jackie, but her yeah, yeah. You call name me Jackie is Jackie <laughs> But she's been the show several times and, and definitely... Um, I'm just saying she's gonna be back many more times. <laughs> so <laughs> so, um, so we, we always have these conversations and we always have interesting conversations and I'm always interested to get her perspective on whatever I'm listening to in the news or, or in spirituality. And she's very connected to current events. So she always can pull me in into some other ideas outside of my own. And I'm very happy with that. Some people in this day and time aren't happy with any kind of ideas outside their own, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're forcing people to come out their comfort zone. Like, they don't want to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: thank you for, for joining me. So we was um actually before we started uh, the show, we was talking about um just, you know, about about being insular. And i like, insular, that's a great word. What is that? You know, and you was talking about, I guess, basically being in a silo.
1: Right. Right. And um, in my biggest experience tends to be within faith communities, which there's right. some understanding that people do gravitate to individuals who are of, like minds believe in similar things, which is understandable. But I think it's also a time and place where you need to branch out and go beyond your walls or your circles of, of
0: people. Yeah
1: get out in a, in a greater community and connect and learn and that's how you find out what's happening what's you know what people are thinking about on different issues that's happening locally or if you're in a particular like movement just finding out what other perspectives are out there so it helps you grow your grow your understanding of the world around you yeah so you know, there, you know, you know, this is one thing is just nature that people do connect that way, but at the same time, particularly being a you know, since we're talking about spirituality, growth is going beyond again your yeah. comfort zone or, or the information or the awareness you've been having for a long time to see what other perspectives are out there.
0: Yeah, that's how you that's called growth. <laughs> growth, basically. <laughs> So yeah. one of the things that sparked this conversation was, you know, the election, the uh, gubernat, the gubernatorial, is that how you say it? Gubernatorial, the governor's right. elections.
1: Right. Yeah, but they
0: just say it that way, right. the governor's right. election. And so Virginia was um, elected uh, a new governor. Um, there was a New Jersey election. Um, even though I think that New Jersey did go, it finally go blue. Even though I think barely. they one, barely. But Virginia went red and Virginia so I would I don't really classify Virginia as a, a, a swing state, even though they do have a tendency to go back and forth every every few years. They're
1: swing. <laughs> They're but definitely,
0: I, hey, I definitely see them as a, a red state.
1: state. Virginia and one of the key reasons why it's a swing state, and you'll see this with our presidential elections, is that um, Virginia is one of the states that literally can determine the election there's like different like all the 50 states you have certain states that Mm -hmm. people focus this on to see where these elections are going and you know because all that determines what happened with the electoral college so yeah virginia believe it or not does have it has a flip-flop you know some people used to say oh it's purple state but it just goes back and it goes back and forth depending on what's Mm -hmm. happening in the country at the moment
0: yeah yeah it's like that purple a purple state which is blue and red together? Oh, I like that purple. Okay, I got yeah. it. <laughs> so, what do you think about the election? So, um, what are your thoughts on it being a uh, you know we having a Democratic governor Mac and now you know Yonkin coming in and he's a Republican.
1: Former governor is Mac Um
0: Yeah, former governor. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Uh, within in the race, and um, the current um, Ralph Norman's the current governor. And what do I think overall? Which I, let me do my disclaimer I'm speaking from my perspective only, and not the organizations I represent. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um It's, I wasn't, I mean, because I follow these things like almost religiously in itself, I wasn't surprised um, that. the the state went red. Um, Particularly, I think a lot of, I mean, you could tie things, I always tell people with all the various issues that go on, the economy tends to stand out big time the most. And then in particularly with the pandemic and things that are happening around that, how does that affect, you know, everyday people? Um, And the one big conversation I thought was really interesting that came out and I know we had discussed this in the past as well, About the ship of white women voters going to um, Yunkin, who voted for Biden, and one of the concerns they had expressed is, you know, the whole situation with, um, you know, children—you know, Mm -hmm. the kids couldn't go to school, that kind of thing—it was causing a lot of. Because of COVID. Because of COVID and you know, the men, I mean the mandates are a factor. I mean, that mm-hmm. comes up too. Um, as I always tell people, Americans don't like being told what to do. Right. <laughs> exactly. Don't. And when there's a feeling of, you know, their rights um being messed with, you you typically can see the backlash and the results of that at the voting at the voting booth. And then there's another thing that came out with the election about um the candidates themselves. Um Republicans tend to get their base in no matter what, in most cases. Um, Democrats, I think, just didn't have a strong candidate. And then also the fact that um, you had a former governor running for governor again. Virginians tend to take, I guess, the term for the state seriously. So if you already serve your, we only, for those who don't know about, well, a couple of things people may not know about Virginia. Number one, governors are only allowed to serve one term. So when a governor runs and wins, he has his four years, and then that's it. He can't run for re-election after that term. He can run later on like McCulloch did, but you can't run exactly after that. And then number two, um, for for those who are interested in electoral reform issues, uh, Virginia is an open primary state. So you may say, well, what is open primary? That means that people like independents can vote in either um, the Democratic or Republican primaries. They can't vote in both. You have to pick one or the other. Um, some states you cannot do that. You have to be registered with a party to vote in that party. Yeah, so, so if you're
0: independent, then it means that you cannot, You will have to change your affiliation to Democratic or Republican to vote in that and, primary, right?
1: And yeah, in those, in those primaries that don't allow that. But a state like Virginia, um, independents can choose either or in the primary. So so some things just to think about um, in regards to how these election cycles happen. Now, I think one of the things that messed up on the Democratic side, as always, unfortunately, is that you don't have a, a, a strong candidate that can really like pump up their base to get out the vote. And I know particularly young people were a factor in um, Youngkin, I guess, being where he is because so there was a big, strong push on my understanding of getting young black Democrats to vote, or typically Democratic mm-hmm. voters, and mm-hmm. they were just not buzz, budging. They just yeah, not, they just did didn't not have, just didn't have that vibe, right? And then you well, know, that's one thing that I was saying
0: about about uh about the Democrats. They they do have a Democrats do have a hard time engaging um young people, especially mm-hmm. young black um voters so um and and that's the thing that's my my beef with them you know you know obama was great at doing that but uh but he's like a a needle in a haystack you know he's the the very few and the other side of it is the democratic uh party doesn't really try (laughs) to you know you would think that a a party that mostly african-americans subscribe to would be go out of their way to find candidates that appeal to young voters and especially you know you would think young black voters and they don't do that. <laughs> so how do you feel about that?
1: Uh well let's factor things in too um as we always say always go back to the money. So typically and you can say this with a lot of I'll say churches in particular because that's what I'm familiar with. Your older population has the money, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. who's who's donating to these parties? Well, there's probably definitely people over the age of, I'll be fair to say like 50 plus. I'm sure there's probably some young, younger people here and there, but it typically tends to be older. And in what's also like reference to like establishment candidates or establishment individuals affiliated with a party, they tend to get that what's kind of that donation, that kind of money. So even if you are a younger um, candidate, which Virginia did have for the Democrats, young African American—I mean, overall through this whole process—you totally you had a total of three people. You had the former lieutenant governor um, Justin Fairfax, who was part of the, of the of that trio. It was him and to black women so you did have three mm-hmm. candidates and yeah, then it just like-
0: they, they feel the race card yes the quota
1: <laughs> well but because then the but quota let, doesn't. Let me let
0: me, okay.
1: let me let me let me <laughs> let's like I want really I really particularly want black people to pay attention to these things okay and I'm it's just because I've been in this space for so long so I already had a feeling that Fairfax wasn't going to be the candidate I was just like I just don't think the Democratic Party is going to put a Black person at the top of the ticket because they want, one of the strategies, the the whole thing is that they felt people would not vote for a um, a Black person to be at the top of the ticket. Then there's also some disconnect there. These kind of conversations are happening. And then you had the two Black women who were running in the primaries. And then out of the blue, (laughs) here comes your former governor. And it's like, well, you already ran. You already been governor. Why do you feel the need to jump back into this race? But mm. that was a concern that you know that's been rumored, that's been coming out from what I've read in some of the news coverage that they felt a black woman, a black woman, could not win that ticket here in Virginia. But I find it also interesting with both um, with both major parties, political parties, they had a um, non-white. Lieutenant governors as candidates, um, you had, as you know, from both parties. So there's also, I always feel like there's things sublimity being put out there too. Are you oh, still? Yeah, po- po- at-
0: politics is so subliminal. It's it's yeah. crazy, right? Are
1: you still saying that you don't? Virginia should not have a woman <laughs> at the top of the ticket. That's one thing. And are I you feel, saying yeah, a non? The, we definitely
0: woman. are having struggling to um to see a woman as a president. So I can right. definitely. Mm -hmm. think that it'll be difficult for Virginia to see a black woman as the governor not saying it can't happen but it's difficult for them to see a black woman as the governor of the state and a Mm -hmm. democratic a democrat you know candidate Mm -hmm. yeah and and then that
1: I'm definitely sure that was a factor because it was just like it's even weird was even weirder <laughs> is that mm-hmm. people did vote for the guy so it's like what happened to all this girl power black girl magic is that is that? <laughs> yeah.
0: that, and, that one with, with, with Michelle and Obama leaving in the, <laughs> the office you know um, and it goes back to still they they are they had African-American candidates on the ballot right? But still, they're not the kind of African Americans that are able to engage um, mm-hmm. young individuals mm-hmm. where they want to come out and vote. It's mm-hmm. like, let's this find this a, a black guy who's really smart, or find a black woman who's really smart. It's like, that's not, that's great, but, and we want smart people and we want the, the cream of the crop. You know, It seems like that's important when it comes to African American candidates, not necessarily with, um, you know, it, it, it just it's the truth. It's just that sometimes I look at the 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 people that are chosen for Caucasian um when they're pulled up to a position and then if you are African American, you have to be the criminal the crop, but you don't have to be that if you're a, a white candidate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but so so why do you think that um the Democratic Party has such a difficult time finding our choosing people selecting people who are who will inside okay if you're black white purple green or whatever find somebody who appeals to young people and you just said i know you said it goes back to the money you know because uh you know the people that are which is kind of you know i have to say it's kind of silly because like you're still losing it's like you can i can <laughs> you know you had your, your sponsors out there and the sponsors are you know probably the um the purse the the person who's holding the purse strings are older but that's not even thinking because it's like well anybody who would be thinking with their head would say okay if you want to actually win then we need to find someone who has charisma that level of charisma that can bring in young voters well
1: yeah typically that's how things were and once upon a time but like I mean, that goes back again to the issue of money in politics. You would probably have to have a young, <laughs> wealthy <laughs> candidate mm-hmm. that can really throw some punches mm-hmm. against maybe like the other candidate that has the establishment money to win those elections in that, that could actually be really a really um, interesting election because you have you also have people at the same you know playing at the same level of the playing field mm-hmm. but it also goes back you know to the issues so if you're mm-hmm. a young person in Virginia and you're concerned about graduating from your college and not getting a job or how you want to pay your student loan debts and all these or if you're in you know concerned about things happening in the state about the environment mm-hmm. and the candidates aren't talking about these things or you're concerned about racial issues and again the candidates aren't really you know speaking out and supporting these these issues it's like why should i go out and vote for you I've yeah. had, what i give younger people credit for they do understand the quid pro quo kind of thing it's just mm-hmm. like no i'm not my grandmother i'm not my great-grandfather mm-hmm. i'm like mm-hmm. i don't they don't have those emotional ties to the Democratic Party like the older generation have. No, they don't. these guys yes. are game changers. They want to change the game. They want I, And the I game.
0: like it. I like Those that.
1: done. They're not going to follow in their in in, yeah. in their footsteps. And it's and because they, yeah. they also understand because now they're actually dealing with the repercussions of the things that haven't been done in the past. So mm-hmm. if you don't if have to
0: my one of my 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 yeah. barbers, you know, he he was saying that he you know he's a black guy and uh he said well i voted for trump and i'm like well why you know and i didn't have a problem with that i mean vote who but we posed that everyone should vote for their own personal interests right mm-hmm. and, and I, but i just wanted to know why why did you you know th- but he really couldn't explain I don't know if he didn't want to explain or he didn't know why but he just said you know, he didn't really give a couldn't really articulate the reasons why.
1: Just, and that's the
0: that's the problem that's the problem I had with it. It's like if you you know, if you, you're voting for your own self interest, then know why you're voting for you know, know why that is. Know why you're voting for who you're voting for.
1: Well, you we have to understand people also do protest votes and and that's the thing. Um People protest. I think one of the reasons why Virginia went the way it did, it was a protest. That would, these things, you know. What do you
0: mean by protest? I mean, what do you mean? Um, people if voted you're not, for? you
1: know, people who are, you know, people who are like they're like. If I've been voting, if I voted for you in the last election, and mm-hmm, I don't see mm-hmm. your party doing the things that you said you were going to do, or bring okay. about the changes you promised, well, okay. then I'm going to vote for the other guy, and I'm going to keep voting for the other guy until you get you get it right on this side. So okay, there are now I understand. I understand. vote. So people vote very it's very interesting to hear the various ways of people and how they vote either based on where they live,
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: in the population, whether it's predominantly Democrat or Republican, or mm-hmm. they're voting based on the issues. And people do, you know, like I said, this again, people you know, switch back and forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's wise. I think if you know, we say, this is how I looked at it. I looked at that um one of the reasons why people voted the way they did you know, is because they're like, okay, I'm not liking what the the road that the Democratic Party is sort of, sort of how they're doing things. I mean, you know, the, and It's just not exciting at all. I mean, I'm listening to the stories and it just sounds very blase. And Biden is boring, Kamala is boring as well. It is boring people in terms of politics. And um, and also, you know, like you just said earlier about uh, I don't like being told, well, Americans don't like being told, you know, you're going to do A, B and C, and especially in terms of health. Right. You know, let me you know, you have to go out and get a vaccination mandatory. You know, that's not going to be people not going to rub you the wrong way. So is this if it, did I felt I felt like this was sort of to say hey you know you guys better get your you know head screwed on straight because the next election is coming up and if you don't really make any changes then there may be uh you know Trump may be coming back <laughs> you know I don't know if that's a possibility or not he's such a controversial figure you know has been but more than ever uh but It's sort of like a warning, like shots fired, like, you know, if you don't fix something, then I'm going to continue voting this way, even through the next presidential election. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I didn't see it as they were saying, I'm now voting this way here and out. It was more so I'm sending you fire warnings that there's a possibility if you don't fix some things, then. I'm going to go back to my same voting habits. And I don't want to say necessarily the same voting habits because when I see 50 50 or close to that in terms of the different parties, I see that it is progression. Because 50, I was saying earlier to you about 50 years ago, that would have been unheard of. It would have been, you know, maybe 25% voting for the Democratic issues and 75% voting for. Uh, Republican issues. And we're, so there is a progression in terms of how people are voting overall. So to me, I see that as progression, but still, so I think some Democrats, because if I don't win, then there is no progression.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that could be one of many reasons. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting. Again, going back to how, like, I wanted to, as I talk with people from various um, walks of life, about how they vote in their um, or don't vote. So I know one one uh, person, a guy I know, he doesn't vote in any of the elections. He lives he lives in a county in Maryland that's heavily mm-hmm. um, democratic. He's a Republican. Okay. He, he doesn't vote because he knows that that county is always going to go majority um, majority blue. He's oh, sorry, a Republican. Go bit
0: blue. Yeah. Okay.
1: Versus another, so he's a
0: Republican th- and he doesn't vote because he knows that you know, regardless of my vote, it's going to go blue.
1: Yeah, so he's not going to vote. Then I have another mm-hmm. friend, older friend, same county, he's also a Republican, he's registered a Democrat because he wants to be able to participate in the primaries and have some say. in, um, I guess who gets put in now, maybe like at the national level, he may still vote Republican or what have you, mm-hmm. but. He, he at least does it that way. So it's like, yeah, I'm a Republican, but I live in this county that's Majority Blue, so I'm going to register as a Dem, but still mm. have these beliefs. He
0: wants to remain active still. He knows that his vote counts, even though it may not be he's going to win, but he knows that still I want my vote to be to be in the number.
1: Well, I guess, he, I guess he'll probably pick probably the, the Democrat closest to his beliefs as a Republican. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay,
0: Mm -hmm. that makes sense. I like that idea. I like the idea much better than an individual who's saying I'm not going to vote at all because it's not I know I'm not going to win. You know, I don't I don't like that. It's
1: it's not going to win. He may have issues that vote. He may have issues that, you know, his personal issues may not be addressed at all. Mm. So it's Mm. like, why should I even vote for either one of you? Well, as far as Democrats go. If neither one of these primary candidates or what have you are going to even reflect my values, versus maybe the other person, mm-hmm. um, based on his political beliefs, he can find things from probably that more maybe and that typically would probably be a centrist or center right ish mm-hmm. kind of point of view. Okay. So, well, he probably he may he I can't I can't say because I'm not sure, but he may pick maybe a Democrat that's more to the center. Okay. Which typically. Um, that's when you look at how strategic um, the parties are with picking their people. They know they have to pick somebody that's going to appeal to independents or that center because people in the center or the independents, because there's more independents, really do turn, you know, they really determine the elections, but particularly at the national level. Mm-hmm. So it's like your candidates have to have that appeal to be able to A, pull some votes from the other side, and then B, also cover this major demographic
0: mm mm-hmm. So one of the things people felt that really was a nail in the coffin for Mac Olive is he made a comment, and and well, he made a comment during one of the um, debates, and the the you know yonkin uh, polit- political marketing during the um, you know process, uh, pointed out one of his issues, <laughs> you know one of the issues about. Um, should you know it's critical race theory, what people call CRT, and uh, this fear that there that schools going to teach something that I'm I don't approve of, and and so uh, that's a big conversation, um, especially during the um, election process. So, comment. So, what Mike Olive said was, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. And people felt like that was a, a definitely a, a nail in the coffin for Mac Olive if he, which could have possibly cost him the election. Mm-hmm. Did you hear um, about that story?
1: Uh, um, yeah, I guess it depends. And I, and I always feel like what part of the state you're in where that would be a factor. Cause I'm like, my understanding, people will run around saying, critical race theory is something that it's not. So you got to issue with misinformation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely, it was a dog whistle for sure. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that's a factor that comes into play, but um, I'm just thinking from the perspective of the shift. Because my sense is, is that probably those individuals who were concerned about the CRT were probably Republican leaning anyway, <laughs> or maybe more mm-hmm. conservative leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at I guess kind of the polls and the numbers that um has has come out but yeah. uh, again it is a concern because again that people don't like they don't want the government telling them what what to do or how, what you going to teach my kids mm-hmm. or you know I don't I don't want my children going I to thought
0: I thought that the, the um the parent and teacher um organization the PTA the parent and teacher Association, got together and you know maybe you invited some individuals in some experts in but ultimately they decided what the curriculum would look like um the way i am listening to make all of explain it it was like i'm not concerned with what the parents it's like we have experts we, we hire these experts and they're going to tell us what the curriculum is going to look like
1: yeah that's 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 one of those things where you said the quiet thing out loud <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> That's like, you're somebody who's been in advocacy, you know, for a long time. I would have uh-huh. looked at, kind of like, are you insane for saying that? You know, saying
0: that it's like yeah. she, in the foot, you know. Yeah, yeah. he trying himself in the foot with that <laughs> I, And I listened to the, I listened to the whole I conversation. <laughs> I listened to the whole, the whole, like, you know. Of course, you get sound bites, but I went back and found it, and the, the whole quote. And yeah, that's what he said. He basically was saying is that I, I'm not concerned about what the parents um, want. Their parents, you know, I, I'm one, that's, we're not going to let parents to decide. We want to let these experts decide what's best. And yeah. I do find that problematic because when mm-hmm. you hire experts, I hire experts that are speaking the same language that I mm-hmm. want them. You know, it's just like statistics. You can always go out and find the ones that say the thing that you want them to say. So right. I did find yeah. that problematic.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's a good point you you mentioned. It's like you know, if parents are sending their um, children to school, yeah, you do you do want to have a say in what they're learning and make sure this is something that's really going to be effective for them in their lives, versus just like, well, I'm going to do this because I think this is the way, or you have certain groups lobbying for you to do this in school school system Mm -hmm. like i said it's like he pretty much said the quiet thing out loud and yeah and one thing about virginia i learned since living here my parents are very vocal whatever side (laughs) they Uh they, they believe in they're Uh very they're very vocal but they're very engaged yeah and like we have counties here in virginia where you know there are wealthier um you know there's wealthier counties here that they're able for their students to really have like really, you know, the best of the best things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for their students. So, you know, you got a lot of things that come into play with like how are these things are gonna be taught in a state, you know, state like mm-hmm. this. But yeah, that's not something you would like
0: want to say yeah. out loud like, <laughs> well you know okay. if, you be, if you believe, if, i always say if you believe it it's going to come out in the wash at some point you know and uh <laughs> so <laughs> that's what he believed that's what he said mm-hmm. and i think it really it could have possibly cost him the election okay. because you know, it, it's like for the ingraining the government telling me you know mm-hmm. my how what i should do in terms of my health uh, what I now you're telling me how, how my children should be educated, you know, it's it's very you know problematic. Anyway, children are more so educated by the way by technology, by Facebook and Instagram. Right. It's really where they're, you know, yeah. really where they're educated. You know, so um, you know it's it's a, it's a complicated issue, but mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I am interested to see is. Because of those elections and how they turned out, um, does that sort of give Biden, Kamala, if they want a second term, uh, I want to see how they change their, how they're moving forward. Because sometimes the Democratic Party can be extremely weak, seem, 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 seem weak um, in how they sort of go about things. It's like, you know, the, the, you know the, the Republican Party sort of like, you know, forces things down our throat and then <laughs> then Democrats are like, did that just happen? Really? You know, <laughs> so how do you see that? Do you see that Democrats sometimes? I, I, I think I've, I've heard you say in, in previous conversations that, you know, we, we wish that the Democrat, the Democratic Party would be more assertive. In ways that the Republican Party just—it seems like they—they they always are assertive.
1: Well, yeah, it goes back to earlier what I'm saying about you know the Republicans have you know they know how to activate their base. I think sometimes with the weakness part of it, um, DJ is the fact that um, Democrats have you know you know and I and I know some people may not like this, but when you have like. People who are loyal in your base that vote no matter what. Mm-hmm. What? Why should they do anything? I mean, why should they really like? They know it's like no matter we're Democrats, we have people who believe in voting blue no matter who and voting blue down the ticket. I mean, they could put, they could put pretty much anybody on there and they know, and I think this is starting to change now with, of course, because of the younger generation and Mm -hmm. um, particularly black people, black people have been expressing their concerns about their votes being taken for granted. Well, when you, you're consistent, if you're, you know, if it's a constant thing, it's like we always know the black people are going to vote for us. And we always know, particularly the older black people, and they know they're going to vote no matter what. Do mm-hmm. they really feel like? They have to do anything like particularly major because you're always going to be there no matter what. It's kind of, mm-hmm. in other cases, it's like an emotional unavailable, somebody in an emotionally unavailable relationship He's, this person can like just take, 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 you give a, give, give this person, take, take, take <laughs> and there's nothing major mm-hmm. being reciprocated. So mm-hmm. when you have, when, when you're affiliated with something or in this group of political party that knows you're going to be there for them, no matter what, I mean, what really, you know, what are you going to do now Mm -hmm. what the Democrats are definitely paying attention to is of course things around immigration and want to be in a position as new immigrants are coming in and those immigrants who've probably been here we'll say less than 20 years um Mm -hmm. these are the people these are the people they're really interested in. you know getting them at to be part of their party so they can win elections Mm -hmm. so that when you say
0: they you mean the Democrats
1: Yes, the Democrats. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Because
1: one of the interesting things with, like, we'll say um, Hispanic, Latino voters, you know, they're pretty much almost like at the 50 50. Like, a lot of groups tend to be almost 50 50 and they could swing people away. But when you have like groups that vote all the time in one particular party, mm-hmm. this and this is and this could be made up, made claim with some voters in the Republican Party is like there's a reason why that particular group within this in these voting, uh, the way people are voting, these you're you're not getting the um, benefits because mm-hmm. they know you can always be there. But if you're someone who say, you know what, I'm not going to vote for you you keep doing this crap to me, then they start sc- scurrying. I'm like, oh, we need to put something out here so um, we can still maintain a vote. So I think it's one of those things you have to hold, and for both parties, you have to hold the feet to the fires. Like, look, mm-hmm. you're not going to do what we want you to do. We're going to vote for the other side. And that's why I told Democrats in particular, don't get excited all the time when Of somebody who voted Republican in one election voted for your person because, Mm -hmm. you know, the following year they're going to go back that way, and then you get into Mm -hmm. the whole racial stuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. so you're saying this person wasn't racist when they voted for Obama, this person was racist when they voted for Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trump, and this person wasn't racist Mm -hmm. when they voted for Biden. Yeah, because
0: I, I, yeah, because they they, you have a hard time compartmentalizing that.
1: They're not understanding. They're not not processing it the way you need to process it. It's always at the end of the day when people are voting, it's about their self-preservation. What do I get out of it? Will I still be able to have my job, make the money I want to make based on what's happening in the American economy right now? Mm -hmm. And for the most part, you know, for our country, it would take a hit during the pandemic. And then going back locally is like, how is this, you know, what you're teaching my kid or Um, these mandates, you know, being put over, you know, school children, how is this going to affect their, their, their educational process, their growth so they can become productive members of this society. So Mm -hmm. I think people really need to start thinking from those perspectives. What am I getting out of it? If I vote for you and Mm -hmm. if you don't Mm -hmm. deliver, i will make sure you will not be in that state. You will get to see how it feels like to lose a job. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? That that makes sense.
1: Let's, since since, all, since i had to let go of people since i had to you know you know these
0: things are happening let's see what it's like if you lose your job <laughs> yeah yeah i, I get that it's i mean a that's, that's, a, that's a great way of looking at it you mm-hmm. know it's just that you know i'm i'm letting people go i'm or i'm losing my job mm-hmm. then you know hey let me you can you can lose your job too as a as a, a politician <laughs> So yeah, I definitely uh, um, agree with that philosophy as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you talked about, cause we are both a part of um, spiritual communities and we're both part of the spiritual community which is Unity Church, specifically the one in Washington, DC. And one of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of people who are spiritually centered individuals is they were so disappointed in uh, this, this round of elections was because they felt like the the country was going backwards and we are regressing in a way. And even though I I said early in the show, I don't feel that way that the country is regressing, but there are individuals, a lot of individuals who feel that way.
1: My thing is this, we are in a day and time have access to so much information. You can just get out here and find out what's going on if with candidates. You could find out about every candidate in the darn country running. Mm-hmm. If you are only talking to your team, your red team or your blue team, and you have no sense of the other folks outside of that, then you are in the bubble. And that's why I can I can understand the Democrat with the Democrats why they are so shocked that um, they lost. I'm like, you really are surprised? I'm like, I saw mm-hmm. this... Months ago, you're really surprised, but I'm not in. I'm independent. I'm not in those circles, so mm-hmm. I know people in both circles. I learned mm-hmm. a heck of a lot from both sides, which makes me very good when I get in debates with them. I can articulate things, and thankfully, for the most part, they will listen to me. Unless you know they feel like, oh, she's not going to be on my side, and they go away. But that's not good either, because I'm like, we really need to be talking with each other and understand why things I 100% are. hundred percent agree. Understand it from from the time you get in that voting booth. But if you are, if you already have a particular worldview that is not the real worldview, then you're gonna have those feelings. So I always I look at that as another disconnect. I'm just like. That means I, don't,
0: I don't like when people assume that, you know you're African American, so obviously you're Democratic and you have Democratic beliefs. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't and like. It. like well, definitely don't like
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like maybe there are. I don't feel like I'm an, an umbrella, and especially when people start speaking for African Americans, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, there is no. We don't We're have a. <laughs> Right. We don't have a representative, you know, for, yeah. uh, for all of African-Americans. And, yeah. and no, everyone does not view, you know, politics the same way just because they are African-Americans. But right. I think sometimes when I enter conversations with people who are non-democratic, <laughs> Republican, <laughs> they automatically seem to think they already know what my beliefs are. That was part one of my conversation with Jackie F. Fuller. So uh, to come back tomorrow to what's up with DJ podcast to hear part two of our conversation and be sure to have a great Thanksgiving and be safe and enjoy your Thanksgiving turkey. Bye. <laughs>